Hello, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. We are coming to you live not only on a Monday at a very irregular time. It is uh, currently 1.36 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, but we have a lot of shit to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. The emergency live show from us. Today's episode is titled Counseling David Ross because, ladies and gentlemen, David Ross has been replaced as the Cubs manager by former Milwaukee Brewers skipper Craig Council. He signed a five-year deal uh, for a boatload of money with the Chicago Cubs on Monday, and we're here to talk all about it. I am Ron Luce. I am joined by two of my lovely co-hosts today. I am with the juice man himself to uh, on the screen if you're watching us. He's on my – well – my literal right, your left, uh, and then below us is Mr. Tyler Edmonds. Gentlemen, let's just dive right into this thing. <laughs> what is going through your minds right now, given the news that occurred today? Wow. Wow, boys. It's First of all, it's good to, it's good to finally get to talk to you guys again. I did oh, yeah. not expect, I did not expect to wake up this morning and it feel like I mean it, it. It feels like freaking like it's the Christmas holiday right now. I mean, I woke up. It's like it's like Tom. It's like it's like Rickus woke up and was just like on the first day of free agency. Tom Ricketts gave to me <laughs> Craig Council as our manager. <laughs> wow! Just just wow! That's how I'm feeling. Great to see you guys too, though. Man. Tyler, I, I'm gonna need that recorded before the holiday season so we can play that all Christmas this long. Is, this is day one. <laughs> this is day one. Oh, absolutely crazy, Juice. What's going through your mind, man? I don't know how I'm gonna follow that, but I just pictured. I'm gonna put. Maybe we can get Brian to put the face of Jed Hoyer on Ari Gold, just writing on the whiteboard while David Ross is sitting there. Get the fuck out. Get out of there, Craig Council, man. This is one of those moves that, like, what's next? That's the now – I'm, now I'm greedy. I'm a greedy Cub fan now. I wore this, take October it's from 15, because that's a that, – this is, this is what a move like this does, man. Gets you ready to take October. And, man, you made a division full weaker today. You <laughs> – you got a manager that's worth – some people say probably six to seven wins a year. That's yeah. So imagine where your team is, you know, going into next year. If you could add, you know, some power bats, a free agency, you know, maybe some some starters, a few names of the bullpen, and now you have this guy at the head. Like it, it's eerily similar to fifteen, going into fifteen. Right now, I'm like, who's Lester? Who's John Lester? Which mm -hmm. which John Lester pitcher is walking through the door that's starting? You know, your, your game, you must win game five in a World Series and then coming in in your game seven for, you know, three, four innings. Like that's that's what this move does. This It moves fan base expectation. And it's just refreshing to see that the end of last year wasn't good enough. There's a higher standard at Clark and Addison. And that's exactly what we saw today, 100%. Yeah. I, I agree with you guys both. I think you both summed it up perfectly, right? I think that the natural raw reaction of Tyler, right? The wow. I, I, that's really what this was. There was no, you know, oh, this is interesting or oh, like every reaction I've seen 
in the last, what, less than an hour now since this news has dropped, every from anybody, even people that aren't Chicago Cubs fans, everybody is astonished for one reason or another, right? Everybody's either strictly mind-blown and maybe doesn't understand the move, especially if I think they're outside of the Chicago Cubs fan base and following this team on a 162-game basis. But then, right, you, you, you talk to the Cubs fan and – you get some that might not like the move. I've seen a couple. They're out there. I think the general consensus, though, is juice. What you said, this feels like it's a. This is a power move. This is telling the world of baseball the Cubs mean business coming into this this winter. And I mean, gentlemen, we are less than a month away from the winter meetings. Those kick off on December fourth. From I believe this year's Nashville is where they're being hosted. Ironic, given the the expansion talk. I did uh, not know that. Yeah, you gotta go. At, uh, Opry, Opryland. I'm assuming it's Opryland Hotel. I gotta double check. I don't think it's Opryland. We need boots on the ground. Oh. <laughs> wow! <laughs> okay. I just got hit with the shocking news an hour ago, and now you're hitting me with this. Like, damn. Tyler this might is- be. Tyler wow, might be reaction. Tyler. Tyler might be sent to the wow. winter meetings if we can somehow swing that here. Yeah. But I mean. Guys, this is this is a crazy move, and, and I want to give some love and, and a shout-out to those here already in our comments. Uh, for those that want to join the conversation with us anytime we go live, especially if you're new here, if you're new here, welcome. We are Cubs on Tap. But be sure to head over to the OnTap Sportsnet YouTube channel. Hit like, hit subscribe, hit the little bell button. You'll know when all of our great shows go live right here on the platform, including us right here at Cubs on Tap. Uh, but we got a lot of people joining us in the YouTube section. If you're watching on X, we love you and we appreciate you just as much as everybody else. Unfortunately, we cannot see your commentary, however, here. So if you want to join the conversation, head over to either the YouTube or you can also join us over on Facebook as well, friend of the program and our co-host, Mr. Joey Ricotta, who is bricked and ivied up right now. Um, <laughs> he also he, he told Brian to work his magic as well. Our friend Darren here as well, saying if this doesn't work out, he's going to catch so much shit. In addition, um, Ben here in the comments was saying about, uh, you said, who's that John Lester? He says, Aaron Nola. Scott from Iowa saying, push all the chips in the middle. Belly, Otani, Yamamoto, Nola, and Chapman in blue pinstripes. Uh, Scott's all in. And he says that would be awesome. He'd be, uh, but Ben says he'd be, that would be awesome, but he'd be happy with Chapman, Nola Belly, and then a right, uh, a relief pitcher boost. Gentlemen, I, I think what our comment section is, is telling us here, I think what we're all feeling too right now, the great council move truly is like, I think so many people want to break this down and be like, well, what is, what is, what does Craig council do for this team? What is, what is he going to change? And juicy highlighted it, right? This is a guy around baseball that a lot of people high, kind of cite to be that type of manager that can win you an extra seven, eight, nine games in a season. You don't stay with a team for 10 years like he did in Milwaukee and have the success that he had. If you're not a good manager, especially when how many times did we sit here this year and bash the Milwaukee Brewers because they had five, six bats in the lineup that were below average OPS players in Major League Baseball, and they were still winning fucking ball games. That was the Craig Council effect. Now, all of a sudden, you give them fi- a five-year, $40 million deal to manage your ball club, which is, is record-breaking and industry-shaking as, 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 its own, as its own solo point. But to your guys' point, gentlemen... This is where now the Cubs fans start sitting here and going, what does this mean now for this offseason? Because, Juice, you made a great point when we were talking just in our little uh, Cubs on Tap group chat as well about this. 
This isn't payroll money. You don't need to, oh, this isn't player payroll. This is directly out of Tom Ricketts' checkbook to pay your manager this much money. He's paying two managers next year. Yeah. That, to me, immediately screams that Tom went to Jed in the last month that they've had off and baseball's been relatively quiet from a, a, an off-season perspective and said, the checkbook's open. You do what you think we need to do to make this ball club a winner in 2024. And this is the first piece of that. And and one quick thing to highlight, and then I want to turn it back over to you guys for continued reaction here. Again, shout out to everybody joining us here live. If you're new here, we appreciate you. Subscribe over on the YouTube, and you'll always be able to join us when we're live. Obviously, this is a hot topic right now. We're talking about uh, counseling David Ross is the name of today's episode for those joining late. But, but gentlemen, on top of this, right, this move, it's it's really just again, it's surprising, right? It, it takes it takes a little bit of extra time to I think process everything going on because there's so many thoughts and opinions out there on it and what's going on and who's doing what. And Jesse Rogers made a good point on this, and this is where I wanted to get to. The Cubs would have needed to ask the Brewers permission to speak to Craig Council before November 1st, which was kind of the you know, right when the World Series ends, baseball offseason effectively begins. It's a new league year, if you think about it in that right. They did it, according to Jesse Rogers. So this all came into effect over the last handful of days. And I think that's the craziest part maybe of this whole thing. What triggered in either Tom Ricketts' mind, Jed's mind, or a front office collectively's minds to say, you know what? We're not going to go with David Ross. Even though Jed sat up there at his press conference, like Juice mentioned off mic, and said, you know, David Ross is our guy going into 2024. It's a big year for him, but we're going to give him the opportunity. Something flipped. Something flipped in the last couple weeks for them to go out and do this. Because, again, gentlemen, this is a massive move. And the Cubs, again, just signaled to baseball and everybody around the league that they mean business coming into this winter. And it's, it's, it's exciting, but it's almost, I don't think it's fully processed yet for a lot of people, myself included, because this is truly a, 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 a seismic shock of a move to the baseball landscape. Your thoughts. I, I want to go back to our previous episode and talk about what we were talking about. And we were doing my case study and talking about, you know, what's the way that you get closer to being the Texas Rangers. And I think what happened was, is Jed watched the world series. And if you look at who won the world series, they spent, they spent, they spent. Texas went out and spent a ton of money last year. They brought in players, they made trades, but you know what they had? They had an A plus, 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 plus manager. A guy who does not lose series except for the Cubs in 2016. But they saw an opportunity, and that's what changes over a course of a month. You don't know going into your end-of-the-season presser, if you're Jed Hoyer, if a name like Council was going to truly be available. I'm sure there were plenty of talks between Council and, and the Brewers Leading up to this, even on the on the day that we sit here on you know the sixth or whatever, yeah, today's the sixth. So 
I think Jed and, and probably Tom saw it as an opportunity. They said, we are so damn close to being a playoff team, and this division is wide open. And this is an opportunity for me to get two, kill two birds with one stone. I weaken a division rival, a team that I'm probably going to be battling with, and I make myself seven, eight, nine wins better. And the one thing that we haven't mentioned yet, it's win-win for all parties. Council has two kids. They play in Minnesota, and they play for Michigan. There's closeness to family. He can still go up there and, and, and be around you know, his kids, his family. It's win-win. And he finally gets in a spot where he probably feels comfortable. He knows, A, I got paid my worth, and B, I'm going to have a team around here for the next, you know, 10, you know, five years of my contract. And if I want to re-up after that too, I can stay here for a really long time and manage this ball club because the minor leagues is good. You're looking at a, at a state and we talked about, you know, regional sports networks and that being a problem around baseball. And, you know, you see the Padres taking out loans for 50 million. And now you start to worry about some of these owners, how exposed are they? And where's the money going to come from? And we look at the Cubs, who have put themselves in such a great position with their own network, with, you know, the payroll being at where it's at. And the division that they play in and the advantages that we've kind of talked about over the course of last episode, too, I urge you guys all to go back and listen to it. But the Cubs are going to be huge players in free agency. And I also think that the Cubs also got a manager that's ready to, to take them to the next level. This is 100% like in 2015. And this move just screams win, win, win for all parties. It's it's the right time to make this move, and it's also something that I think Council, when he took into effect, like there were teams talking about him with like the Mets, and I know him thinking about staying in Milwaukee. I think uh, you know the Yankees were in on that, that play as well, and I know that there were low-end – you know, White Sox rumors and, and there's open jobs in, in Houston. I'm sure that that's another ball club that, but he's one of those guys that seems like he wants to be around family. And this is where he can make the most money and be around family and have, you know, all these different, you know, assets at his fingertips in terms of payroll, you know, trade, the ability to go out and, and get a guy that they like. It's different here. It truly is. I know it's cliche to say the same motto as, as, as we were talking about all last season, but I truly think that in the end, the playing at Wrigley, the lights, the, the fan base, the situation just was so good for council. I'm surprised that we didn't see it ourselves. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a fair point. And, and something that good friend of the program, Mr. Alop here, said in the comments, he says, can you guys imagine how this helps them land free agents now? Uh, because council is so widely respected and and is and it is really, again, one of those names around baseball. And, and Joey continues to add on here and says Cubs chips are all in this offseason. You can just feel it. And he's pretty jacked up. I mean, Scott further saying top three salary. Spend, spend, spend. And I, again, Juice, I think you brought up a good point about the Rangers and, and kind of that mold, right, that that they end up, uh, you know, having coming into the year and ultimately winning the whole thing. I think the Cubs learned a lot from that over the course of that series. Tyler, additional thoughts from you, sir, on the on the topic at it hand. It just goes to show that Tom Ricketts, 
Jed Hoyer, they have not let the relationship that the fans have with players, with they have with players, they did not let that relationship get in the way of bettering themselves for the future. Look at look three years ago, passed on Kyle Schwarber, traded Kyle, Chris Bryant, traded Anthony Rizzo, traded Javi Baez. None of uh, shock didn't. Oh my God, how could they do that? David Ross. He was a good manager. Yeah, he had his moments at time where, like, we had all those head scratching moments of like, "Oh my God, what's he doing here? What's he? You know, why's he doing this? Why's why's the lineup like this?" Uh, yeah, his hands were tied at the beginning of the season, but still, obviously, a major piece of 2016. Still, with that being said, Jed Hoyer, Tom Ricketts did not let that relationship get in the way of getting a guy like Craig Council, who, like you said, like you said, Ron, in the for the past ten years. With the with the group that he's had, yeah, he had Christian Yelich, Yelich, and yeah, he had the pitching staff that he had. But other than that, like those below OP, OPS players that you were talking about, other than that, he got guys like you said, Juice, to buy in, like Bruce, like Bruce Bochy. Those guys, those guys with managers like that, ride or die with those guys. And I'm not saying that that's not how David Ross was. But Craig Council, you could argue the guy has been a top two, top three, top three manager in this league for the past several seasons, especially with what he had to work with. And now it just shows that he he wanted to be here. Oh, but Tyler, you're giving him $8 million a year. Yeah, a couple things. New York, the Mets would have easily offered him that money. San Francisco would have offered him that money. There was other options out there that he probably could have got close to do that. But with that being said, to kind of go back to the point we were talking about earlier, you don't pay a guy $8 million a year for this first season to say, well, we're going to figure stuff out. We're going to, you know, this is going to be like the figure it out year. We're going to see. No, 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 no. This goes to show I pers I, I just feel, I feel it in my bones, man. This off season is going to be very, very exciting. You feeling you're feeling I'm, it down in your plums. I'm feeling <laughs> it, man. I am so feeling it. But yeah, dude, like again, I did not think that I was going to wake up this morning and watch the Chicago Cubs front office just teabag Milwaukee. Just <laughs> love it. <laughs> love it. <laughs> right? Right. But man, I just and again, I know we'll probably get to it in a second. With that being said. Hats off to David Ross. The dude was a solid manager. Yes, his hands were tied at the beginning of the year. I'll raise my hand. I think every single one of us here throughout the season was questioned his his decisions at times. And I sure. think that was part of part of the reason why why he's gone. Yeah, and I, I think there's there's so many other things too to, to take into account. I think the the comment section here has raised a lot of questions I want to get to in a hot second as we go through this. Another comment a little bit earlier from a lot. First off, shout out again. Thank you to everybody that's joining in the comments. We appreciate you joining the conversation as always when we are live. Uh, but a lot said he's going to miss Ross. And I think a lot of people probably feel that way. I certainly feel that we feel that way. This is now a little dated behind me for those that maybe uh, didn't realize that. I didn't even realize it myself until Juice pointed it out when we got on our <laughs> on the stream yard earlier. He's like, oh, that guy over your shoulder is no longer the manager. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch, you're right. He's not. Nonetheless, um, he did do a lot, I think, for this organization. I think he's going to be appreciated that. And you hear it, I think, in Jed Hoyer's official uh, statement uh, in the press release from the Cubs. Here is the official word and quote from Jed Hoyer. 
I'll just read the entire the entire thing. It says, says Ross, get the fuck out. More <laughs> He says, today we made the difficult decision to dismiss David Ross as our major league manager. On behalf of the Cubs organization, we express our deep gratitude for David's contributions to our club, both on and off the field. First as a player and then as a manager, David continually showcases his ability to lead. David's legacy will be felt in Chicago for generations, and his impact to our organization will stack up with the legends that came before him. That's what Jed Horry had to say. And then he added on and continued, said, going forward, our major league team will be managed by Craig Council. We look forward to welcoming Craig at Wrigley Field early next week so there will be a presser we'll be talking all about it <laughs> and then roddy time. finished with p.s suck at milwaukee <laughs> yeah p.s see you in april <laughs> it's just Shit. crazy it's just crazy to think that like the news this morning like the the choices this morning all over twitter was craig council is going to pick between the mets or the brewers today mm-hmm. and uh he didn't pick either one yep. of them <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and Joey highlighted something, Juice, that you touched on a bit as well. He said, you guys, we did a great job outlining the Wrigleyville additions to, in the last episode. Now that COVID has been a thing of the few years past now where it directly affected a lot of businesses, a lot of that money is turning into the profit zone and comfortability. Ricketts is feeling good. But gentlemen, I do want to pivot this conversation just a hair because there are a lot of now on field implications that we have to think about as well and this was something that my dad actually brought up to me uh a little bit ago because he gave me a call and said what the hell did i just see he said what does this mean for a guy like john maley who was just promoted to hitting coach again at the top level on the coaching staff what does this mean for guys like andy green right and even josh says it here in the comments he says wonder what happens with pitching coach and hitting coach though don't new managers usually get to pick them 100 i will say of any coach on this coaching staff that deserves a chance to stick around, it's got to be Tommy Hottavy, right? I mean, I think that's the unanimous decision here is that Hottavy sticks around as pitching coach for what he's done with so many of these guys over the last handful of seasons. And Craig Council kind of coming from that dynamic of he's a very analytical manager and he thinks about the game that way. To me, I would I would expect him to want to maybe keep some of those guys like Tommy Hottavy in the fold. But this is definitely something that needs to be considered now because this entire coaching staff could look very different next season now that David Ross is no longer at the helm. I think they're going to give him every opportunity to effectively, you know, choose his own staff. What do you guys think is going to be his decisions? And obviously there's a lot to go into this. I'm sure we're going to probably learn a lot more in his press conference next week. I'm sure one of the... And if they don't, it's tragic and you don't deserve your press badge anymore. But somebody better fucking ask him about this because I'm intrigued, right? I'm intrigued if, is he going to sit down with some of the coaches that are still employed on the coaching staff and say, hey, what do you think? Are any of them going to get the chance to potentially stick around like a Tommy Hadovy or, you know, and, and really any of these guys, right? John Maley, who just got that promotion. And if not... What is what is council's kind of look and direction, I guess, is what I'm thinking. So I don't know if you guys have additional thoughts, but I think that's a great point that, you know, I think we are very excited about what this means now for the offseason, because this is that kind of first domino that falls that gives us the inclination. that The Cubs are going to be major players in this this winter, but there are still a lot of logistical decisions that need to be made now by Craig Council as new team manager of what this coaching staff is going to look like next year. So. Gentlemen, your thoughts on the matter of what this coaching staff maybe evolves into now with counsel at the helm. 
it's I'll be honest, I did not think about that till literally right now. But uh, I mean, you've got to you've got to you, you've got to stick with Hadavi, right? But at the same time, you're paying this guy what you're paying him. Hey, Craig, what do you want? Yep. What do you need to make yourself feel better about this team in 2024 and beyond? So, yeah, just to agree with what you said, you they surely to God he's going to at least sit down and and have a have a conversation with each of them. But yeah, like. I feel like Hadavi's got to stay. Yeah. I mean, I think personally Hadavi's a guy I would like to see stay. But Juice, what do you think? I I so badly don't want to put I, – I, the it'd be like handing a race car driver like my Honda Civic if that's what he thinks it is. You get what I'm saying? Like I – if you're paying $8 million for a manager – let him bring in whoever the hell he wants, regardless of what name is behind it. And two, I don't know. I look at it more or less like, was it Hadavi who was, you know, the one who was driving this, you know, improvement? Or is it Pitch Lab? Is it things, you know, that are, you know, deeper within the Cubs infrastructure that are more at play? Is And I think it's going to take council getting into the building and evaluating what he sees around him. I think there's going to be a lot of conversations between Jed and Carter and, and council about what, you know, they, how they do things there, how Milwaukee was doing things in Milwaukee. I think this is one of the unsung things too, about this hire. You're getting a real glimpse into how the Milwaukee Brewers do things in Milwaukee. And let's, you know, hundred percent be, you know, clear and transparent. They've been really good at, at, finding talent, developing talent. And now you almost add like another Carter-esque Jed type of, of thinker within your organization of, of Kantrovitz and these names that, you know, we've grown to love and, and understood that, you know, a lot of these guys are, are huge within the baseball community that now you've, you've added another genius per se into your, your front office that things may look a lot different next year than they did last year. And two, there's a lot of flexibility within this payroll, within, you know, the Cubs organization that you can sit here and say, like, the roster may not be the same. So maybe Tommy Hadovy isn't even managing the same type of, of pitchers or, you know, names on that roster. And maybe there's a name on that roster or a couple names on that roster that or, or aren't on it yet that maybe look better to somebody else and are able to be worked within, you know, the system. And and I think a conversation like that is I'm going to give Craig council the keys to the car and go, Hey, drive it with whoever you want inside. It. You can't. And I love Tommy Hadvey. I love what he's done. I think he's going to get a good fair shake to, to interview with council and, and talk about, you know, the way he has his processes, but I think in the end, it's going to be Craig Council's guys. And I think that that's what the Cubs will look at. And two, I mean, you want to look at Maley, like, I think it's safe to say with how quickly and how quietly this was handled, that promotion was probably prior to them even thinking that Craig Council was maybe even a possibility. So I I think it's like, man, yeah, great. You got promoted. And now if I'm Maley, I'm sitting there, I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to have a job. So. Mm 
it's it's interesting to to throw in that nugget, but I, I think that gets solved when council gets in the building and can look at these infrastructures and say, all right, this is what I like to do. This is what you like to do. Maybe they can marry those those tendencies together. Yeah, I agree. I, I think at the end of the day, right, it's I think we as fans, as as people outside of the organization as a whole, you know, whether you're on a microphone talking about this team or not. We're all going to learn a lot, I think, from that press conference next week. I think that's really going to be a telltale sign as to maybe more in the mind of Craig Council, the direction of this Cubs team, things like that. Because, gentlemen, I, I saw in the responses to our, our Cubs on tap tweet about how just people are feeling immediately following the news. And one of them was being uh, in regards to Dansby Swanson, right? And his, you know, appreciation. And I, I think, uh, I don't want to use the term affection because that's not the right word, but uh, he, he was a fan of David Ross, right? As a manager. And I think as a person and, and as a human being. And Juice, you, you responded to said comment on the old X machine. And you said, right? Like X machine. Dansby Swanson might really like Ross, but if this team starts winning, which Dansby Swanson said he came to Chicago to win, then I think he's going to be just fine with Craig Council at the helm, right? Because at the end of the day, this isn't we're moving on from David Ross because we don't like him or, or this, that, or the other. This is we're moving on from David Ross because we think Craig Council makes us a better ball club, right? At, at, at the end of the day, that's all it is. You know, you have a guy who managed for 10 seasons in the major leagues, has had a ton of success as a big league manager. You factor that in now versus what David Ross was, right? This really is a lot of parallel to that 2015 and, you know, off season going to that 2015 year, right? We all sat here and said, wow, Cubs played really well at the end of 2014. Ricky Renteria really had this team moving in a good direction. Maybe Ricky Renteria is really going to get a chance at 15 to take this team to the next level. And then Joe Madden becomes available. And then all shit got flipped on its head because then he was immediately hired to take over at the helm for the Cubs. And we saw how that ended up happening and, and ultimately working out. So again, uh, in agreement with you guys, right? I think at the end of the day, this truly is one of those moves where you say, yeah, but what, what if this, and what if that, at the end of the day, if it's the middle of July and they're in first place in the NL Central and they're amongst the elites of baseball, ain't nobody's going to give a rat's ass because winning cures a lot of problems. And if they're going to be winning ball games under council, I think everybody in that club, Cubs clubhouse is going to be happy. In the front office is going to be happy, you know. And I, I ultimately, right? We're we like when the team wins, so we're going to be happy too. And and it really is just kind of that downstream effect I think of a hiring like this today. Guys, any other thoughts on just the hiring as a whole? Um, any other things that maybe we didn't touch on so far? I've got a couple of questions for you guys. Turning our, our conversation a little more back toward now, what does this kind of mean for the offseason? But I want to give each of you an, uh, an opportunity to air any you know final thoughts, really, or, or things that maybe we didn't touch on when it comes to just in, in a kind of a silo, the Craig Council hiring. So I funny think story. Just, uh, oh, go ahead, Tyler. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, just real quick. Funny story. When I was a little kid, I was a huge fan of Craig Council. You know, Diamondbacks, that whole weird stance, everything. Um, uh, yeah, right. Around we need we need the obvious shirt, or maybe even our shirt with the uh, with the uh, the high like stance with that's our manager or something underneath it. Yeah. See, figuring that out a little bit. Second like um, outline of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe that's a good idea for the uh, for a little Cubs, Cubs kind of giveaway. Yep. But um, 
<laughs> no, I, a running joke in our family, because we're a baseball family, is Craig Council saved baseball. So when this happened, because uh, if you go back to, you know, the, the series and, and after 9-11 and all that, like baseball was you know, at one of its lowest. And then, you know, they, they kind of, you know, saved baseball per se. Great series, one of the highest rated. Um, but I, I, I laughed because I, I got into the group chat with the family and put the, the news in the, in the group chat. And I said, Craig Council saved baseball and the Cubs. So now I'm all in. It's World Series or bust at this point. This is what this move, you know, moves. This is the expectations now. It's not make the playoffs. It's win the whole fucking thing. I think it just goes to show that the snowball has started. Like, they they started it today. And I'm telling you, dude, I, I think this is just one of many moves that's about to get the ball rolling. And, like, Juice, like you said, it's just freaking, it has cranked. I think it's cranked all our engines up right now. Like, I wish freaking Cubs convention was tomorrow. Which, by the way, I just did my research on the winter meetings. And uh, they haven't announced the date, but I don't think fans can go. But that does not mean I can't wear a suit and at least look like I'm an important person (laughs) and possibly get in. Or... Or if I wore like a fire department polo or something like, yeah, I'm just, I'm here on fire watch or just something. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think you could borrow a uh, Jed and Theo's gorilla suit. Maybe, maybe throw it in that. Just walk around. Yeah. But no, I think, I think this, I think today is just the start. We will go back at the end of next season and just be like, this was the moment. This was just like the, the, the match that started the fire, man. Yeah. That's going to be so fun. <laughs> it really it really does feel that way guys i just want to get to a couple more comments as well because again shout out to everybody that's joined us in the comment section and 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 has shared their thoughts uh, a little bit earlier ratio here saying we are so unbelievably back again i think all of us right are on cloud nine because of the impact of this type of move lop said a little bit earlier Ricketts didn't want to be grouped with, with the reinsdorf and the mccaskies and didn't want <laughs> that heat so he made a move like this um, we got Darren out here saying he's got to grill some brats now to go with that cheese plate for when Juice and I sit down with Juan Soto. Um, and then we've also got Scott here saying the estimated competitive balance tax base is $76.5 million. The only question is how much do they go over? And that's that's a question, too, that you know I don't think we've fully addressed yet, right, is the opportunity that this Cubs team might start pushing Mets territory with payroll. I also think, though, the Cubs are going to spend wisely, right? Like the Mets just threw money at people. I don't think there was a lot of, we know what we're doing. Like that was just, let's, it was kind of, remember when the Miami Marlins did that, when they rebranded and and changed the logo and they just threw a bunch of money at a bunch of guys and got Ozzy Guillen and all that. And then it didn't work and they tore it down halfway through the year. I don't think that's going to happen here with the Cubs, right? They've had that infrastructure in place. They've had, you know, they have the, the prospect pipeline. They have the resources now. They're going to make strategic moves that better this ball club. Now, in reference to it, friend of ours here at ONTAP, Mr. Matt Berkland, saying, does he feel good enough to go give Otani his king's ransom? Maybe, right? Maybe maybe the Cubs do get one or two elite players that truly put them over the top with what they already have in place. Again, you know, we're, we're going to be back this week as well, folks, talking more about some of the things that have been happening over the last week. Uh, we got silver sluggers on the horizon. Gold gloves were announced. All three Cubs swept their awards, respectively. Hap, Swanson, Horn are all taking home some hardware. Uh, amongst other things, right, 
Strowman and Bellinger opting out, uh, Kyle Hendricks and Jan Gomes having their op- options picked up. Um, but with all that in mind, right, we'll we'll get to that at some point. But right now, it's they they've 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 sparked the match, like you guys said. They have really uh, kind of, I think, set the tone, as we always like to we. We once in a blue moon agree with things that our friends over at Socks on Tap say, and that's certainly one of them. Is they've really set the tone for what what is should be a very active winter for the Cubbies, gentlemen. I want to share one thing with you before I ask you guys questions in regards to kind of what this means now here for the offseason coming up. But uh, we have a quote that courtesy of Ken Rosenthal. This is coming from King Council's agent, uh, Barry Meister of Meister Sports Management. Uh, This is his quote. He says, having represented Craig Council for almost 30 years and having lived in Chicago all my life, I am thrilled to see Craig embracing a new challenge here in Chicago. Cubs fans are getting a terrific manager and even better person. Craig has great admiration and respect for the Brewers' ownership, general manager and fans of and for all of Milwaukee, where he make where he makes his home, he will retain lifelong friends and memories made as a part of the Brewers family. He's excited about Chicago and is happy that multiple teams have begun to embrace the embrace the enhanced valuation of the job of major league manager. So, I mean, and the Cubs officially from their own uh, X page have made the press release official as well. So, for those that it's no longer reports, folks, it's 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 very official now. So. Um, Council is officially taking over. Tyler, what do you got? Can I give you just one, just this one little quote that sums up Craig Council for me? I'm already, I'm already all in on Craig right now. Prince Fielder asked to give an example of how Craig Council helped him as a teammate. You guys will like this. There was one time I was thinking about bunning. He said he told me if I bunted, he would punch me in the face. Love that guy already. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. That is that is so like you, Tyler. Too. You're just like yes, like like I'm going to war for that guy now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We are not bunning next year. You heard it here first. <laughs> no, hey man. But it's it's going to be crazy. A, a quick uh, tweet that I or part of me post that I find interesting here from ESPN's Jeff Passan as well. He says, before Craig Council agreed to the $8 million a year salary now with the Cubs, uh, the highest paid manager in Major League Baseball was just $4.5 million. For context, here is the top growth or the highest paid coaches, managers, whatever you want to call them, uh, in each of the effectively major sports and a couple of college sports are involved in here as well. The NHL, the highest paid coach is Todd McClellan making $5 million a season. College basketball, it's John Calipari at eight and a half million. Obviously, in college football, we all know who that is. It's Nick Saban making eleven point four million. In the NBA, it's Monty Williams. He's making just a hair over thirteen million, thirteen point oh five million to be exact. And then in the NFL, it is really Belichick making twenty million dollars a year. So now Craig at that eight million dollar mark, sniffing the John Calipari territory more so than what MLB was already at with the four and a half being the lowest of any of not only the four major sports in the United States, but also college football and college basketball, which are obviously huge money makers, even though they're at the collegiate level. So really some interesting thoughts, uh, just in general folks about what this is guys. I want to kind of wrap up the show today though, asking you, we already talked about it, what this tells free agents, what this tells everybody just in the baseball landscape, the Cubs are for real. How, real do you think this offseason is going to be from an excitement standpoint give me two or three names that you honestly think 
they are going to go target that are high-profile players. Juan Soto, Juan Soto, you already know, though. <laughs> I think with this, with the stuff with the Padres, with the, I feel like they they have just they have really screwed themselves, and I think we're going to see a partial fire sale from them this offseason. You guys, Juice, you spoke it into existence already on the last episode, so it's happening. It's happening. Once I don't say what you want about Otani. I think, speaking of your point, Ron, earlier about, like, smart spending, it, unless they think, unless it's just they, they feel like that is the smart move. And right now, right now with this roster, I don't – I feel like I would take Juan Soto over over Shohei Otani right now. I would. Call me crazy. I don't care. But uh, that's that's the number one name in my head right now that I'm just – I think I'm just salivating over. Give me Juan Soto. Throw him on this team. I like it. I like it. Juice? Yeah, uh Juan Soto for sure. That's a name that I obviously I said in the last episode, Tyler, you're hundred percent that that's, that's the name that's you move like this. It's now, you know, you've announced and, it to the league. You're open for business. And it's, and it's right after that. Hey, what can we do to get you to stay here longer than this year? Oh, that's yeah. that. Yeah. No, that's not, that's not a trade. That's not a guy you bring in house and then it's, it's yeah, a year and exactly. he's gone. I mean, he's, I, I love Cody Bellinger. But Cody Bellinger is no Juan Soto. That's just yeah. not how this like, works. Would, like if you yeah, get that I, man into the room, I feel like I feel like that is your focus first. Is Juan Soto, Cody Bellinger mm-hmm. coming back next would be great. And also, I don't know who. I'm not 100 percent sure. Maybe maybe Aaron Nola. But you've got to sign. You have got to sign or trade. A you've got to get a big starter. Not just a not just a filling guy. Not like a Michael Walker that just got free. You know, just not not. And no offense to him. Not. You've got to get a guy, guy in that rotation. Have to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like Soto. And then after that, I like Yamamoto. I've I've watched too much of him over the course of the last couple nights. And man, that kid can pitch. That's and you know, and you guys and, and maybe that opens up the door. And you go you ahead. Know, you know Craig Council with it with his past of all those starting pitchers, you know that like that's what he's, you know, hey, give me some horses. Give me some horses in that rotation. No offense to the guys we got mm-hmm. now, but give me some more. Well, speaking of horses, yeah. I mean, Craig Council had a, a front row seat to one of those horses in front of the program, Justin Steele. Yeah. But again, the more horses you can have in that rotation, I mean, you, you've seen it, right? Pitching obviously is important, but, um, you know, you still need some guys that can hit the ball far as well. Juan Soto, obviously a, a great name to add to that. Uh, Cody Ballinger, you guys also kind of already noted, right, the importance, I think, of bringing him back. Um, probably to be your everyday center fielder because, Juice, I know you and I touched on it on the last show. You know, I think PCA needs a full year of seasoning in the minors. I, I think we learned that very quickly at the end of last season, and maybe that was why they were willing to bring him up, even though he wouldn't be on a potential playoff roster, just to get an understanding of what where he is in comparison to major league talent. Uh you know, in his development. And I think they realized that he might need a little bit longer than they expected. And I think bringing back belly to, to be that everyday center fielder this season makes a lot of sense. And then from there, they can go on and do other things. Uh, before I share my names quickly to the comment section, Darren says uh, he agrees with you, Tyler Otani on a long-term deal scares him a wee bit. Uh, and then 
our friend Hank here saying Cubs finally acting like a big boy team and he's right in unison step with you juice says now go sign Yamamoto and a big bat. You know, guys, I, I, to add new names to the mix, because I agree with all the names that you guys said, you know, some of the names that are, are kind of on my radar in terms of what the Cubs can go get and what they can do. You know, I, I love the idea of, of just, you know, some strategic signings as well, you know, lower end signings that might just fill, you know, short term needs, especially with guys like Matt Shaw and others probably on the horizon. I think Shaw is probably the next bat that we see come up from the minor leagues just because of that college nature and how quickly he ascended at the end of last season following the draft. But guys, I would love to go agree with you, Juice. I think Yamamoto would be a, a great name to see them add. I truly would not be upset at all if they also go out, if they can't get him uh, and start to target maybe some other pitchers. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez is a name that's out there that's interesting. Shota Imanaga, the lefty coming over from uh, Japan as well, is certainly one name. But guys, I think it'd be really interesting to see them kick the tires on a guy like Jorge Soler. If you're talking just yeah. a pure thumping standpoint, right, bringing another thumper into that uh, into that lineup on a day-to-day basis. Obviously, he probably takes away a lot of DH time from a guy like Christopher Morell. But again, if you're going to get a Juan Soto, Morell's probably exactly. part of that deal anyway. So yes. there's a lot of what-ifs to say there. I don't know if Soler necessarily fits. I think it's more so just the idea of adding the thumpers. Yep. But a guy I would love to see them add, do you want to talk about adding a, 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 a horse? Tyler Glasnow is for the taking, and he should yeah. not cost you a lot. He's only got yeah. one more year. It's $25 million. A lot of teams are going to balk at that price tag because lower market teams aren't going to be able to afford that. The Cubs could easily swoop in, give up a, a mid-tier prospect, or less even maybe, to bring him in the building, get him here for one year, and then maybe you find a way to get him on a Marcus Stroman-like deal, right? Three mm-hmm. years, you know, you, you get him for the immediate run, and then by the time he starts phasing out, you have other pitching prospect names that could be coming up at that time to fill long-term solutions in your rotation. So just a couple of names that I think are, are super Hey, and, and going on to Juice's point, like maybe – Sure, I, I, these guys watch the World Series. They I, the team that homers the most wins the games. So speaking of thumpers, maybe maybe that is their plan this this offseason. Let's get some let's get some big boy bats. Yeah, I, I think the thump is is going to be needed because I think you look at this team right now and they have a lot of the guys that do everything else well, right? You've got, yep. you know, Seiya Suzuki who's shown he's got the power, but he's also a hot hitter. He's going to hit for some good average. Belly's kind of the same way, right? Power's there, but he he really showed that he can hit for a high average this season. Obviously, you know, hitting you know three hundred, and then you go you know further than that down this team, right? Swanson, he's got good power. But Juice said it all of last year, right? How good does Swanson look as your six or seven hitter versus your five or four hitter in this in this lineup, right? And what difference does that make? Probably for his power numbers, because he probably gets better pitching matchups when he's not hitting in prime spots throughout the order. Ian Hap, maybe we get more thump out of him next year. I th- he took a little bit of a tick up in the thump this year. I think the Cubs told him, we want you to be that – get a lot of walks and hit for power when you do hit. And we'll take the decrease in average because we have guys like Nico Horner that can spray it around the yard. There's a lot of good slap hitters and guys that can hit for high average in this road in this lineup. Pardon me. 
Now go go get the dudes that when there's two men on and one out are going to send the ball on the either, you know, on the Waveland or on the Sheffield and and get the Cubs faithful bopping and rolling over at Wrigley Field also. Hell, hit some all the way down south into that other stadium in Chicago. Let them know what we're doing up here, you know. <laughs> Let them know what they're doing indeed. Darren, uh, a piece about Happy says, even if Hap would have to go in a deal for a pitcher, signing Bellinger getting Soto would be awesome. I don't know if Hap's going to have to go in a deal. I really don't. Um, maybe, I think, but it really, I think, is going to, again, come down to it depends. I think it depends. Yeah. But I do think this front office does see a player like Ian Happ as a true face of the franchise, not only for what he does on the field, but what he does off the field. So uh, yeah. certainly something to keep in does mind. Does Happ have more trade? I, I think, think he does. So. I think he has it. Yeah. He would have to waive it in order to be moved. Yeah. And I, I can confirm that too, because I, I think he does. I'm pretty, I'm pretty he sure does. he does. No, he does. 100%. Full trade. Okay. So there you go. Right. So everybody that's yeah, like, full oh, trade. just movie and hap, just movie and hap. It's not that simple, obviously, because, you know, these guys have these contracts. Uh, Dansby Swanson, also notably full no trade. Seiya Suzuki. Also has a full no trade. Um, I actually don't see on here Ian Happ having a no trade. So maybe he does have uh, – Jameson Tyon has a modified no trade, and that's about it um, on the Cubs payroll that I can see right now are, are those guys are, are pretty much the locks. So, uh, again, I don't think they would need to move on from Happ, but um, it, it's certainly going to be interesting. Our friends over at the Dingers podcast joining us here. They said the league is officially on notice. The Cubs are going for it 100%. Uh, and – Guys, I think we broke it down nicely here at Cubs on Tap. Gentlemen, I want to turn it back over to you one more time. Final thoughts uh, before we go ahead and sign off for the day. Guys, I'm just excited. I'm so – I cannot – I'm serious. The weekend of January 12th cannot come here soon enough. It's going to be a blast, and today was just a just a sprinkle of what's to come. And I'm telling you, it's like we talked about before the show – we shit our pants when when they signed Trey Trey Mancini. What was it Saturday night? Mm-hmm. Just imagine what we're gonna be doing. Like if all these other moves we're talking about, if those happen like on the on the night on one of those nights of the Cubs convention, like you said, Ron, we're going to be shitting bricks, and I can't freaking wait to have my pants full of uh, bricks. Can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> Juice. <laughs> oh man. Just wrap it around your heads, fellas. A year from now in a week, we could be in Wrigleyville right now jumping up and down because they've won another World Series. 2016 on my banner back here is getting lonely. I think the Cubs, if they can play this offseason right, are have a really good chance in 24. Cubs in 24, baby. Don't get me, don't get me so excited. Uh, Another confirmation of that happy does have a full no trade provision. So Spotrack needs to update their shit then if that's the case, because they don't list one. But again, um, I still, regardless, I don't see really Ian Happ going anywhere uh, to kind of sum up that point. Gentlemen, um, my final thought, I just want to piggyback off of what Tyler said. Uh, We have been frivolously planning as a group here at Cubs on tap. We will be at the Cubs convention this year. Again, um, we will be walking around. We are hoping to do tons of interviews and conversations with people and just, again, have a great time being around people that are just as crazy about the Chicago Cubs as we are. Um, If you're going to be out there again, let us know. Let's talk. Maybe we can set up some time to sit down with you. 
Yeah, absolutely. Saturday night is meant for cracking one with us. So if you want to come and hashtag cracking with us, definitely let us know about that. Um, last year, you know, we probably did the unpopular thing. We didn't go to bingo. Um, but as a result of that, we honestly had an absolute freaking blast just crushing beers <laughs> yeah. and having a good time. Uh, and, you know, I'm so glad we missed bingo. For and that, that I'll be honest with you. I mean, we, we missed bingo, but we got to have an awesome conversation with Cole Wright while we were we were hanging yeah. out. Cole was hanging out with his family. He was heading up to the bar to grab a, a drink for himself. And he stopped over at our table because we had seen him a little bit earlier in the day. And we just BS with him. We talked about hats. He's a yep. he's a huge Huge new era guy. So we uh, we had a nice conversation about that with him. Again, that's that's the fun of CubsCon, right, is people like Cole Wright and, and all these, you know, alumni that we watched growing up as Cubs fans are just walking around and, and out there, and you can say hello to people. And we got to meet a lot of people that we consider friends of the program, right, on, on the show in a different set of varieties. Everybody from Justin Steele to our friend Mr. Dom Frederick and, and so many more. It was an awesome experience as I think year one for us as a group attending. It was my first year as a fan even attending as well. Um, it's just going to make this year's that much more fun to do, and I cannot wait to be there with you guys. So, again, be on the lookout for kind of things that we're, we're talking about leading up to the CubsCon, and if you're going to be there, let us know. And uh, we're going to be putting out a ton of great content from the CubsCon and afterwards as well for everybody. And then we're going to celebrate it on Saturday night with a couple two-tree brews. So uh, be sure to keep in the loop with all good things. Cubbies, uh, speaking of that, we are probably going to be back uh, probably tomorrow, actually, uh, here at Cubs on Tap, uh, discussing some of just what's going on in the world of Cubs baseball. Again, a lot of the things that happened over the weekend, opt-ins, opt-outs, contracts that whole nine uh so we'll get into all that on our next show but guys for now craig council is the new manager of the chicago cubs david ross is out and that just sets up for one hell of an off season for the cubbies uh we are less than a month away from the mlb winter meetings and it should be an exciting time for the cubs as always, folks, before we get out of here, I want to remind you Cubs on Tap is one of two official Cubs shows here at the On Tap Sports Network. Be sure to check out our friends over at the Dingers Podcast. We love them and appreciate them and can't wait to chat with them more uh, since we've all been on the off-season hiatus. Um, in addition, uh, be sure to follow the Mad Dinger Cubs on the socials. We are at Cubbies on Tap. Be sure to follow us as well. Uh, I am at Loose on Tap, Juice on Tap, Teddy Freddy 270, Joey Knows Nothing, Nick underscore on Tap, and the whole gang here that support the Cubs side of the house. We also have Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks. You know the drill for on tap Sportsnet. And, yes, Cubs fans, you all have friends that are probably really depressed on the south side, unlike us, but send your friends to our friends. <laughs> they can be friends over at Socks on Tap. OnTapSportsNet.com, at OnTapSportsNet on the socials, the OnTapSportsNet. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Thank you to everybody that joined us live here today on the YouTube. Thank you to everybody that joined us live on Facebook and as well on X. Uh, we were thankful for you sharing your thoughts and opinions on the Craig Council uh, edition. I know we are excited about it as well, and we will be back with you very, very soon for more from Cubs on Tap. Gentlemen, what do you say we get out of here? The only way we know now, right, Cubs on Tap? FTB today, baby. FTB. Fuck the Brewers. Fuck the Cardinals. Fuck them. And let's go, Cubbies. <laughs>